It's okay. Go Just go ahead and nuggets. tell the whole world. Just go ahead and tell the whole world, Cam. Chick fil A is good, but it's. No, you know, no, don't backtrack. Come on. No. Don't, oh, no. I, don't I, I admitted to you in the Discord call it's good. It's just overhyped. No, that's oh, not what you said. No, that's, that's not the not first thing you said to me. The first thing you said okay, to me today fine. when it's I talked okay. about Chick fil A, you said it's and okay. I was talking about the one here in Rexburg. The one here sucks because it's yeah. one of the ones that's on a college campus. Oh, no. So, Dude, I need one of those fucking backup beepers to put on Cam when he starts talking like this. Backtracking on his backtracking all the way, man. He's trying like, not to I, hurt feelings. No, I said that it's good in the Dude, Discord. Dude, I'm telling call. you, Chick, I think Chick Fil A fans are like Iowa fans, man. They'll cry every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I think him. I think he's Tyler worse. Than Iowa fans, dude, it's literally a saga now. I think oh, he's. It's, it's I think funny, I've worked. gotten more comments on that video since then. It's <laughs> I was ridiculous. The, I was my most viewed video, but nobody's commenting on my prediction, even though it's quite literally almost the same as yours. Yeah, I was hurt to be like even Florida fans. I thought Florida was going to be bad after I watched. Uh, after I looked through my Iowa comments, I went to the Florida video just to check. Nothing. Not even near as bad. No. The worst they say is like, "How do we beat Texas A and M?" or "How does Florida beat Texas A and M?" You ever heard of an upset? Anyways, yeah, meanwhile. Meanwhile, last year, I was accused of being a Michigan fan. This year, I guarantee you Tyler's going to be accused of being an Ohio State fan. Let's roll. Oh, he already has been. I have. I swear he's an Ohio State fan. I was like, do you fucking look? Do you even have any, like, you look eyes, at like my you know? logo? Have you seen my profile look picture? The profile picture. Come on, man. <laughs> I think, anyway, going back to Chick-fil-A, I think Cam is a bigger, like, backtracker of his opinions than I am. <laughs> <laughs> like he, you he, heard he, him, man. He's like, oh, yeah. it's okay. He's he's yeah. come in and, and said it's overrated before. It's okay. He, he I, said I, I overrated, it's overrated. overrated on a different I, podcast. I, I, I even said it's overrated. overhyped and overrated. Yeah. I also said it is the best fast food chicken place. The problem is, I that, much that's would rather say. That's, have burgers and a, a burger and a fry. Grayson Cane's is so much better. To say it's no. like overrated, no. overhyped, yes. and then say yes, it's like it is. Hang on, no. well, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me, let's explain something here, though. There's a difference because Raising Cane's is not known as a fast food chicken sandwich place. It is known as yeah. fast food chicken. Whereas Chick Fil A is actually known for sandwiches rather than like that's nobody true. really thinks Chick Fil A is known. Yeah, so when true. I compare like Cane's to something, I'm comparing it to Popeyes, chicken for fingers, example, or Chicken and, Express, or Right. Yeah, well, and yes, Canes Canes is legitimately at the top Zaxby's. of Zaxby's. Yeah, I hate Zaxby's. Zaxby's is bad. But Canes like they they thought about Canes goes to the top of my list when it comes ago. to that kind of chicken. But when we're talking like sandwiches, Chick-fil-A all day. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Also, people if you eat Polynesian sauce, you're a bitch. But spicy sriracha is so fucking good, though. I'm telling you right <laughs> now. Holy clip. McDonald's, McDonald's, bring back the Szechuan sauce.
I'm just going to air my own dirty laundry real quick. All right. You always want to know why I'm wearing a hat? Look at this shit. All right. I'm wearing a hat. It's happening. It's going back on. But I just figured I'd let everybody know. There's a reason I wear it. This hair cannot be contained, dude. I mean, Lil Dicky ain't got shit on me when it comes to white dudes with curly hair. It just can't happen. But uh, anyways, Michigan State's on the board today. And, uh, you know, I think this team could be really good. I do. And what? I do. I do. I think they could be really good. But he's a Michigan State some, fan. Uh, <laughs> I don't ever say that. I would. I, I don't ever want to hear that again. Uh, you're an asshole. <laughs> Four minutes in, and it's already gone. Choo choo choo. <laughs> Is this a bully Tyler special? What's going on? <laughs> we were supposed to bully Cam. I'm going through at this point. I'm getting there. Anyways, um, I, I told him earlier I'd kick him in the groin so hard his grandkids felt it. So he's he's working he's gonna, on it. Anyways, he's gonna kick you. He's gonna kick you harder than a mule with its nuts duct taped. <laughs> but anyways, um. No, so we got Michigan State on the board today, as as we've said before, and I still haven't even pulled up the schedule yet. So I'm gonna work on that. Colin, you've been studying them all day today. It sounds like from what I've been looking, and I'll just let you take uh, take some time here. Well, for starters, I'm gonna start with the defense. I know we usually start with the offense, but we all know about this pass defense last year. Now we all mm-hmm. we all should know if you are a hardcore CFB fan, you should know this, but. Maybe if you're a little bit casual or if you miss something, too. I'm not going to say you were casual if you didn't know this. Amir Speed from Georgia actually transferred to Michigan State to help out in that secondary. So that's a big deal. Xavier Henderson is the guy I'm going to pick on. The dude can tackle. He can come up and make plays. I don't know how many times this one deep safety got beat over the top. Indiana. It happened occasionally, but Indiana also didn't really have much. Michigan, Pitt, Ohio State happened against all, and I watched all four of those games. Well, the shortened versions, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Xavier you probably Henderson, watched them all last year live. Well, yeah, but well, at uh, least rewatching it. Wow, that's EJ. That you can be a <laughs> riveting. Wow. I this is why you brought me on Indiana for this expert too. commentary, man. I watched all four of them. I watched the Indiana one probably more than I watched the Pitt game, to be honest with you, uh, because Indiana almost pulled that off. Yeah. But this defense, they had problems in the secondary. It will be significantly better. What the key is going to be, because I know Amir Speed can play, and he's one corner that I'm confident in. The other corner, which is still kind of up for grabs in the nickel also kind of up for grabs. That's still yet to be determined, but the biggest difference is going to be safety play in Xavier Henderson. He's got to be able to take a step forward. He's got to be able to, because he's athletic. It's not that he's unathletic. He makes good plays. He he tackles in the open field very well. But when you, their linebackers were pretty good, they had a lackluster pass rush, but their linebackers were pretty good last year. Cal Holiday was the prime example of that. And that was really um, the defensive coordinator. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Do you know his name, Tyler? Hey, Hazel, Hazelton, right? 
Scotty Hazelton. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Scotty Hazelton. He he's also the linebackers coach. So his position group, his specific position group, played pretty well. But rather, it was Mel Tucker's expertise in the secondary that actually did not play all that well. Now, granted, Mel Tucker isn't working with just the uh, secondary, but you get what I'm saying when it comes to that. This is a make-or-break year for Scotty Hazelton because I think a lot of us can agree the only reason Michigan State did not win the Big Ten last year was simply because of that secondary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Colin, and and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how much better this pass defense was last compared to last year because, like, not just the worst in P5, it was among one of the worst across the FBS level, yeah. uh, and that was really the biggest problem that they had, especially when they were playing teams that could, you know, light them up all the way down, up and down the field. You saw it against Purdue, how – effectively yeah. Purdue controlled that game, how much Ohio State whooped the crap out of them. Even Michigan for most of that game was able to use, you know, their passing attack for big plays. And it's a wonder that more teams weren't able to get victories against them just because of how poor that pass defense was. You saw it nearly hurt them in the Nebraska game, as we talked about with Indiana. It, so, it, it, you know, this was a, what, a 9-10 win team last year? 11. 11 even? 11. They won 11 yeah. with the bowl game. The bowl. But yeah. they could have very easily been 8, 7, 8, 9 wins at most just because there were so many games that it really came down. Like Nebraska was an overtime win. Indiana, they had to, you know, make a couple stops on uh, with the rushing attack. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not very often you see a team – that has a 10-win season give up more yards per game defensively than they gain offensively. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, though. Can I defend it a little bit, though? A little bit. Can I just say fluke? No, I'm not going to say fluke. Uh, Okay. But let me go go here. Let me go this direction. I don't think you guys really saw this coming. They were so bad as far as pass defense goes last year, but it wasn't as bad as a lot of people are looking at. Western Kentucky – like a top – 20 run rush defense as well. Yeah, they were really good against the run. I mean, I don't know if they were top 20 exactly, but they were really good against the run. I think they were. Their their numbers were phenomenal on on the run game side of things. They allowed 117 yards a game defense on the run. But we just brought up a handful of games. Western Kentucky was the number one pass offense in the entire country last year. Mm -hmm. They played them. They played Ohio State, who was number three. Purdue was number five. Pitt was number eight. Miami was number 10. So that's five teams in the top 10. Yeah. And then you add in Maryland, who was down at 13, six teams in the top 13. So yeah. it was a little bit misleading. They don't necessarily look like they're the most unathletic. And like I said, I'm like picking on this kid, Xavier Henderson. He still like can make plays. It's just a matter of, you know, it just, they weren't good against the better competition that they played. And even against Michigan or Penn state last year, like they were pretty solid passing attacks, Penn state, basically all they did, especially that late in the season when they figured out they couldn't run the game and Michigan wanted to run the ball more, but they were able to still throw the ball because they got guys like Andre Anthony running free, you know, which we saw that. (laughs) Yeah. So not just top 20, Rush defense last year, according to NCAA.com, top 15, coming in oh, at number yeah. 15. Yeah, so you were right on the money when it comes to that. But, 
Yeah, so uh, that's basically like I, I think that's why we need to address the defense first is just because that's the question right now. And then we can talk about the new pieces on this offense. Uh, but I have a complete perspective change on Michigan State. Uh, I don't really have it reflected in the win-loss as I did as much as I did, but it changed it by a game, not spoiling okay. any of my predictions. But I have them a game better than I previously had them for okay. any of you three that knew where I did have them. All yeah, right. and, you know, you look at this team. They, they do bring back a good amount on offense. So, I mm-hmm. mean, they have Jaden Reed, who was really solid for them. Now, what is he going to do as a leading receiver returning? And the lead receiver really in, in the locker room, what, what can he do? Uh, why they have, uh, you know, Trey Mosley. I think he has a lot of a lot of upside. Oh yeah. For him, I mean, from what I've heard and, and read about him, Trey Mosley is a guy that a lot of people should have their eyes on this year, uh, both defensively and just in watching the game as well. Yeah, Jaden Reed. He was a thousand yard receiver last year, but a lot of people forget. You, you think about Speedy Naylor, who who had just south mm-hmm. of seven hundred yards. Think of Jaden Reed, who had over a thousand. But a lot of people forget that Trey Mosley did have five hundred and thirty. My yeah. question is going to be, who's going to step up really at the tight end position? I'm hearing uh, that it's really going to be tight end by committee thing. Specifically, you're talking Daniel Barker and Malik Carr, who both got some playing time last year. Uh, Carr had over 100 yards receiving, but he really wasn't much. It was Connor Hayward, a former running back, transitioned to tight end, who actually led the way there. But my biggest thing is that that I want to ask you guys is what what really are your thoughts about Peyton Thorne? Because I kind of can put together more of a little bit of like a consistent opinion about Peyton Thorne after watching those four little tidbits. I think he's still a top five quarterback in the country. Now we saw ten interceptions from him last, or not in the country. Sorry, in the conference. Let me rephrase that. Oh, okay. I did not. Yeah, that. I was about to say that came, that came out completely wrong. I've, <laughs> I've talked about I've talked about Peyton Thorne even previously and other you know Big Ten teams you know that have that played them so far and, and I've said I think that he is you know capable of, of becoming a top three quarterback in the conference. Should he have improvement and specifically turn the ball over? We talked about previously, uh, starting this episode, he made a few dumb mistakes by trying to force things a little bit. And if he can just cut down on that, he doesn't need to force things. He has the receivers mm-hmm. to do things. He had the running back to do things last year. I mean, he did not need to force things. You don't have to overdo do it when you have that kind of stuff. And you do again this year. Jalen Berger, people forget, yeah, he got dismissed from Wisconsin, but Berger was – Pretty good, actually, for what they had last year. And then he got overshadowed by, uh, I believe, what was it, Ches Malusi and um, Braylon Allen, who who is now taking taking completely over and become one of the top running backs in the conference as well. Mm -hmm. You don't have to force it. He had, what was it, 30 touchdowns to 10 picks last year? Is that what I I read? I think 27 to 10. 10. So close. But even but, then, I mean, yeah, that was I mean, basically the same thing. You can you can cut down on those turnovers, and the the touchdowns may find themselves in the thirties. You could be mm-hmm. thirty and six, and this Michigan State team is a ten win team. Yeah. But if you have another ten interception season, you may be you know a little bit lower than that. You know, nine maybe eight wins. I don't yeah. think you get below eight, but I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at this team. I think they're right now between eight and ten, mm-hmm. yeah. somewhere in that range, yeah. and, and that's. Yeah. 
that's not bad. It's just they do have a again a tougher a schedule. tough schedule. Yeah, it's it's gonna and anybody in the Big Ten East has a tough schedule if you're not Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, because those three are are in some cases looked at as the top three. I I mean you could probably interchange Michigan State and Penn State, but yeah. even Maryland perhaps. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Big Ten next week on Wednesday, so yeah. we'll we'll get into that more. I just think that this is still a team who they have the ability. Can they get the job done? Can they take that extra step from what they had last year? My answer right now preseason is no, and we'll get into that here with the schedule as I uh, as I pull it up here. Well, I'll tell you what. The other thing about that run game is there is a guy who went one season – that was the COVID season. Six games, 895 yards, I think it was, and six touchdowns. Jarek Broussard, who's coming in from Colorado, mm-hmm. recruited by Mel Tucker at Colorado. Yeah. Now, granted, that's a little bit jaded because he ran all over Arizona. He had 25 carries, 301 yards. But it's like he had 100 yards in at least, yeah, at least 100 yards in each of his first four games that year. He had over 80 yards in both of the other two games against Utah and Texas. (laughs) So, Jarek Broussard, I feel, can play. And that's going to be more of the uh, Kenneth Walker story than Jalen Berger is. Now, I think it's going to be a running back by committee if Jordan Simmons does take those steps needed. Ball security was a little bit of an issue with Jordan Simmons, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. but uh, that could be a three running back uh, kind of tandem there with Peyton Thorne also kind of being a threat on it with, with his legs. And yeah, we also that, saw Harold Joyner last year a couple times as well. I mean, in the Michigan game, we were just watching highlights of that. He was on the field for, for that one as well. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there are a handful of running backs who could potentially make the, make that jump. I'm, Banking on Jalen Berger doesn't mean I'm going to be right, but that's who I would go or who I'm looking at right now. And I haven't read much different through any of the MSU forums. Yeah. With that being said, the schedule is here, and uh, Woo! and it's uh, I, I mean I can just start right now. I'm just going to go ahead and go ahead two spots, two wins. I mean I think it, it's. Uh, Pretty re- relatively easy, honestly. Western Michigan, while still a top team in the MAC, I don't think they're anywhere near what they were five years ago or even a couple years last ago. Last year, even before, last year. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, they. It's not been a steady decline. They've kind of been. I mean, they were down for a couple of years, and they were back up with Ellaby at the end of his his time there. Now I think they're just going to go back down in Akron. I mean, there's no need to even get into that. I don't think Akron. No. Ever and we talked about Akron already. Win. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you on that, Tyler. It's just Western Michigan um, could be tough theoretically, but I just I don't buy into them in Akron. It's just gross. <laughs> That's all I got to say about Akron. They're At- gross. Akron's a steamy pile, but, yeah, two wins for me as well against Western Michigan and Akron for Michigan State. I, I think that they – realistically, you know, won't have to worry too much. It, it just depends on how long they keep the starters out there for those games as to how bad the scores end up being. Yeah, like all three of you guys said, I don't have these games being really any close whatsoever. Um, 
don't expect a lot from either Mich- Western Michigan or Akron. So, all right. Well, they follow those two games up. They go on the road, and while I think Husky Stadium might be tough, it may be one of the more aesthetically pleasing stadiums in the country in terms of inside and and when you kind of take it outside. However, this is a Washington team who's going to have a lot to learn this year. Uh, new head coach Kalen DeBoer is going to come in. I think he's going to be good for the program. In the long term, this game in particular, I don't see a win for Washington. I got Michigan State. Well, I actually think this game is going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people are going to expect. So I, I think Washington is going to have a huge change in identity this year offensively. I mean, bringing in Jalen Polk, they're also going to have a, a guy returning in Jalen Mc, McMillan who is expected to do a lot. Giles Jackson comes in from Michigan as well. Um, Not coming in. He's been there. That's right. This is Dude, a senior, was, isn't it? Yeah, he was that unnoticeable over there, but yeah. Yeah, it just, I mean, uh, that the biggest highlight, program the biggest highlight of his season last year was him telling Michigan fans to go fuck themselves. So <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, and then they also have Aaron Dumas at, at, at running back from New Mexico for what that's worth. I mean, who really cares? He's supposed to be the starter. I don't really think they're going to be a running team. I think they're going to throw the ball around. And I think they're uh, that Michigan State's not really expecting that as much. So I think this is a tight first half. Kalen DeBoer is a hell of a coach, but at the end of the day, I think Michigan State pulls it out a little bit higher scoring, 45-24 type of game. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with Colin. I think that uh, Washington will be throwing the ball around before they get it figured out, you know, and and in conference play, I think that they could have a pretty good season. I talked about a couple weeks ago in the Pac-12 preview, but I didn't have them winning this game. I've got Michigan State pulling away in the second half. Yeah, I have this down as a Michigan State win. I'm kind of in between the three of you guys. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State controls the entire game. First half might be a little closer score-wise, like what you guys are saying. But I just don't think Washington has what it takes to upset a team like Michigan State, even at home. Yeah, Um, I guess especially this early in the year. Yeah, I kind of want to clarify. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Like kind of like what Carlos said, 45-24, maybe get in the 50s. I, I think again, it's going to be hard for Washington to hang around the entire game. I know they're at home. The Seattle fans are going to be kind of, kind of into it. But I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen a game at Husky Stadium and thought, man, it'd be really hard to go play there. So. Um, it gets louder. Than yeah, have, have you have you seen that Oregon Washington twenty nineteen game? That one. I mean, oh, I know really? that's a big rivalry game, but you know it, yeah. it can be tough when they want to be. I'll look into that game actually. They yeah, that's a really good game. Justin Herbert had a good good showing in that game, and and at really what kept them in the playoff talk. At one point, actually, I don't know if it's changed since then, but Washington had the loudest recorded like. Um, decibel level at a college football stadium. Um, really? I, again, I don't did, but I'm pretty sure that was before the new stadium. But even then, yeah, e- even then, uh, that was like Jake Locker time when yeah. they did that. So I mean, that was that was 12 years ago. Yeah, even but, then, that's it, it's louder than a lot of people realize. They show so, up, yeah, they show yeah. up. Yeah. Anyways, they come back home. They'll face Minnesota, and. I gotta actually double check this because I'm not sure where I was on this game. Um, 
It's a back yeah, and I mean, forth type of game. Yeah, I, I got a win. I think this is going to be a good Minnesota team, though. I think they're oh, yeah. kind of right back on track. Maybe, maybe. I mean, for I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna say that because I'd kind of potentially spoil my Big Ten preview. But I, I think they're easily contenders in the West. I mean, they have been for the last couple of years, but I think this year more so than anything. So much experience, especially offensively. I mean, this is there's no way they can't compete and be be a solid team. It's just how. How much will they? But well, I got Michigan thing, State simply because they're it's a home game for them. I think they'll be able to use that home field advantage. Yeah, I think it's a tough draw that both of their away games out of the East is Michigan State and Penn State. You know, it could have been a road game at Rutgers and got one of those two at home uh, because they have to play Rutgers as that third Big Ten East game. I think this is a massive game. I think this could define Minnesota season if they can go on the road and pull off this upset, and they're definitely capable of it. This is definitely the first balanced attack that Michigan State's going to face all year. And, and this offensive line from Minnesota, a lot of people say that, oh, they lost too much. Um, they went 10 deep last year, and they're going to go 10 deep again. They got a lot of experience. They got maybe the best interior offensive lineman in the entire country, or at least one of them in Michael, uh, John Michael Schmidt, I think is his name. Uh, he's really good. Mohammed Ibrahim, I hope he stays healthy this year. I think this one's close, uh, but I'm giving Michigan State the tight win here. Like, it's, like you said, home field advantage, but this could really be a huge statement win for Minnesota early in the season. This yeah. game feels like an old school Big Ten game. Yeah. But when I look at it on paper, this feels like one of those 24-20 type games. And I and I'm here for it. I can't wait. We'll get we'll get real Big 10 football in September. Yeah, of course. I'm here. I was mean, it, was it, sorry, I was just going to say one Minnesota a 9-win team last year. Uh 8 and 4 yeah. I thought because they lost a Bowling Green out of conference, remember that? Yeah. So they lost right. to they lost to yeah, they, but that was right up. after that was even after Abraham had gone down, right? Yes. Yeah. So they lost to Ohio State opening week, and that's when Abraham mm-hmm. came down or uh, went down. Lost to, lost to Bowling Green, and then they lost to uh, yeah, they lost to Iowa. Iowa has their number, and then I think they got upset against Illinois. I think Illinois got Minnesota and Penn State last year. I didn't, I didn't I think remember. so. I didn't remember Illinois getting them, but anyway, um, regardless, I thought they got nine wins last year, and this Minnesota team could easily do better than than, than the last year's team did. Um, I think this is going to be their first real test, Michigan State, I'm, I'm meaning. You know, they kept it maybe close in the first half on the road just because it's a road game. But I think, like you guys have already mentioned, I don't want to harp too long on it. The home field advantage is what's going to be the factor, I think, for Michigan State. I think they get a very close win, as you mentioned, Tyler, 27-24, 24-20, something, somewhere in that range. It's just old-school Big Ten football. Yeah, this is going to be a very old school Big Ten type of game. I have Michigan State winning as well. Um, wouldn't surprise me though if Minnesota is able to pull the upset. No, but it wouldn't surprise any of us. It's I don't going think. to be really close. It's yeah, going to be a great game. Yeah. So they go on the road. They this. I guess I shouldn't say first real road test because it really depends on what kind of crowd gets pulled over to Seattle. Mm-hmm. But College Park, Maryland, they, they go on the road to face the Terps. This is the real deal here to determine, has this past defense improved? Will they be 
much improved on last year, or will they be the team that allowed 300-plus yards, I think almost 350-plus yards, through the air? I'm going to say they're not. I think they, they stay on that same path. They still have troubles, and Maryland has, can go four, maybe five deep at receiver, and anybody can go off at any given any given week. I think uh, Talia is going to be much improved off of last year. I'm high on this Maryland team, as some of you know, and Maryland's going to get the win here. Um, I'm just – with me being higher on Michigan State, I think that if they do allow the yards, Maryland's going to also allow the yards in inverse. And then also I do have more faith in Michigan State running the ball. So I, I'm going to give Michigan State another victory, setting up a big-time matchup between Ohio State – Likely to be undefeated, not trying to spoil it. I said likely. Versus them, undefeated. So this is an interesting game because not only does it scream potential trap game if they're undefeated going into this point, as we all have them, but this, as Tyler mentioned, this Maryland team is very capable offensively and Michigan State cannot afford to be caught looking ahead. That being said, even if they are not looking ahead, I think Maryland is good enough team that will get this victory at home. And I think this is where Michigan State takes their first loss of the season. I'm going to go with the Terps. Yeah, this I too had this as a Maryland win. Um, between, like BJ said, it's definitely has the setup for a trap game. Um, it's And Maryland being a much improved team especially offensively um it i i have maryland winning right now though once again this is going to be a crazy game um and wouldn't be surprised if it remains close and a shootout type of a game i just ever since stefan diggs was there back in 2013 the last year in the acc i kind of heard this Watch out for Maryland. Watch out for Maryland. Like at least every other year or two out of three years or every single year. And then outside of beating Texas twice, which clearly isn't that hard. I mean, Kansas has done it twice in the last five or six years. Six years, yeah. Um, so the one thing I got to say about Maryland is I was about to pull this upset, and I actually changed that like right now. The mm. biggest reason I didn't is just because – I cannot get behind Maryland until I see it like for an entire season, not just for like a game where their offense goes crazy against Ohio state or a game where their offense looks very good against Texas. They lost to Iowa last year, 52 to 14. Yeah. When I was yeah, trying to buy into battle. them. Yeah. So I'm just not going to buy they into just them. lose a turnover battle. They got absolutely. It's like yeah. six. Yeah. They have seven turnovers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I that remember. Miserable, watching. but I mean, I, I think I, I don't think I, that I, this is what this Maryland team is this year. I don't think they're going to turn the ball over. Like I'm, that. I'm just not going to buy it until I see and it. Because I've said that since. That's very fair. That's perfectly understandable. I think this is actually the first yeah. year that I've looked at Maryland like you said, Colin. Since same, Stephon Diggs was there. This is the first year I've looked at Maryland and been like, "Wow, this is a team that has a lot of weapons." I mean, they have, a, they have a they team that, even when they that very easily Texas. could. This is a team that very easily could go out there and and shock a few teams. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not going out there and saying they're going to go 12 and 0, but this is a team that, that has a shot to, you know, find that eight nine win mark. You know, if they yeah. get if they get it right, they can get that 
hit that mark. They yeah. definitely yeah. have uh, the the talent specifically in the skills. They have the matchups, but what you just said, if they can get it right, and I'm just going to bet yeah. that they don't because they have. It. Yeah, it's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, Michigan State follows up Maryland at home against Ohio State. For some reason, people have this as a, as a Michigan State win. No, not not at all. Ohio State is going to be borderline unstoppable, and it's going to be it's going to take a a shootout that you have the ball last and are able to get a field goal or something to beat Ohio State this year. It's going to be really hard, and I mean really hard to stop that offense. And I sure as hell don't think Michigan State's the team to do it. Uh, I think they're going to lose, and it's going to look a lot like last year. They may, they may score twenty one points. This year, instead of seven, but they're going to get destroyed in this one. They may hold Ohio State to field goals in the red zone instead of touchdowns. Sometimes, I mean that, and that could make a world of difference. I mean, you're talking about mm-hmm. that it being about forty-one to twenty-four versus fifty-six to seven last year. Uh, but I, I just don't really think they have the matchup in the shot. A lot of people are going to say, "Oh, it's just like Michigan last year; they're going to be able to pull off that upset big time." Uh, I, I just don't see it with Michigan State uh, this year against Ohio State. It's not like they can't ever do it as a program like that. I mean, they had our number two out of three years going back to 2013. Well, and, and think about it. Think about it. Ohio State's not a team in recent years that has lost to a team that can throw the ball well. They're a team that has lost to teams who run the ball and play physical offense. They and almost the lost to they almost lost to Minnesota last year, who did exactly that. They they until lost until they couldn't. Well, until they couldn't, but I mean, I think Muhammad Ibrahim going down was a huge factor. That's what I'm that. saying. Yeah. Until they couldn't, they really right. didn't take control of that game right. until Minnesota had to throw it. Right, yeah. but then you know you look at again Michigan Oregon, last year. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people talk about Penn State, but Penn State again could not run the ball. Teams that mm-hmm. are pass heavy against Ohio State do not play well. Mm-hmm. Ohio State. You know, people talk about DBU. Ohio State's up there in that conversation, no doubt, because they can't get the job done through the air defensively. It's the front seven that people are concerned about, and I don't think Michigan State's got a team that can do that offensively. No. Yeah, and, you know, their offense is actually, I think, going to be pretty balanced. That's not going to be the issue, though. I mean, I, I think the issue is just they're going to have to keep up in that that secondary that I had previously mentioned. I think it's going to be improved. But is it going to be improved enough to stop that pass offense and also contain that running back room? I, I just don't think so. So that's no. Nope. Balanced offenses will be Michigan State's kryptonite this year for sure. Yeah, and this Ohio State team is just – a buzzsaw that's going to I think it's it's going to be just as bad as it was last year. I really just don't see, even with the home field advantage, I really don't see a way for Michigan State to control the game, control the you know the line of scrimmage and the tempo that they would need to do to beat an Ohio State. And with that being said, I, I think this is going to be their second loss in a row. On paper, it's going to be closer than last year but it's not going to be closer score-wise. It's going to be another Ohio State blowout, quite frankly. Um, just like you guys were saying, will that secondary be able to step up and stop that passing attack? Will they be able to stop a much improved running back room? Um, like, I don't have it being close at all. 
All right. They then stay at home the week after October 15th. They'll face Wisconsin at home, homecoming. I think that this game is going to go in the favor of Michigan State simply because of what we just talked about. Michigan State last year was really good at stopping the run. I think they're going to have success doing it. I don't think they're going to be perfect because it's going to be really hard to stop Braylon Allen for four Mm -hmm. straight quarters. But they're going to have success. They're going to be able to score very pretty well, I think. I don't think this Wisconsin defense is quite as good as it was last year. And I just I see Michigan State being able to pull away. I'm thinking like 38-21, 38-24 type game. But it, it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be a very fun game to watch. Gosh, it's just I, I a lot of people keep talking about how Wisconsin is like nine or ten wins a year, and they're going to be consistent. And you know what Uncle what Uncle Lou says about Stanford and Wisconsin is like, oh, they're like, you know, the Georgia of their conference because he's a George fan. And he talks about how they just love to run the ball, they're committed to running the ball, and they have a nice game manager quarterback, and it kind of worked for Georgia. But notice that like even though Georgia didn't have a prolific offense last year, they adjusted their offense. And then Stanford like over-adjusted to become like an air raid with KJ Costello and Tanner McKee, and it hasn't really mm-hmm. worked because they don't have the athletes. And Wisconsin has stayed put. And I'm arguing that the game is passing Wisconsin by, and I feel like this is going to be yet another example of it. And I think Paul Christ, who, who was the offensive coordinator back in the day for Wisconsin when they were winning under Barry mm-hmm. Alvarez and then winning and Bert. under uh, Brett Bielema, or at least I think he was an offensive coach under Alvarez, maybe not the coordinator, but regardless, like yeah, he, he was, was the coordinator, coordinator after Bert took over. With, with Monty Ball, he was the coordinator. With mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, I think, well, maybe not with Gary Anderson. But regardless, you get my point. Is like he had offenses that worked good enough yeah. to get to Rose Bowls and stuff like that. He, he hasn't adjusted, and he doesn't have the personnel to adjust this year, even if he wanted to. So this is a uh, loss for Wisconsin, a win for Michigan State. I think Michigan State rolls into the bye week with absolute, you know, momentum after that Ohio State loss that may be demoralizing, but I think they'll actually be happy with how they compete against Ohio State. Yeah, I think you have this, a win, right, Colin? Sorry, yeah, yeah a win for Michigan State. Sorry. Yeah, I think this is a very, you know – easy game that could you know could be kind of a slow start for Michigan State because it's such a gonna be such a demoralizing loss to Ohio State and they're kind of you know down about themselves they come in with two in a row and they really do need to right the ship here and you know if they can stop Braylon Allen or hold him in check enough to make Graham Mertz throw the ball you know they're gonna find success and I think that's exactly what will happen and I've got Michigan State rebounding going into the bye week with a victory over Wisconsin. Yeah, I too have a um, Michigan State win. Um, just like we talked about with the Wisconsin preview, like this this uh, Michigan State defense is able to stop the run. I wouldn't be surprised if it's close just because Wisconsin always finds ways to stay hanging around in games. Um, and we've seen Peyton Thorne try to play hero ball before. Wisconsin's really good at forcing turnovers, so it wouldn't surprise me if they hang around, but I still have Michigan State being able to win this game. 
All right, they get a bye week. They'll come off of the game on the road in the big house against Michigan. And, you know, I look at this game, and first off, I think Michigan's got to be have this game circled. The one game that they lost, and they got away, and they got away in a hurry. Got to know that they're going to have that focus to, to not let that happen again. But not only that, I think this Michigan team's a little bit better this year, and they bring back Ronnie Bell, who coming off the injury, it looks like from everything I've seen, he, he looks better even than he was last season. So excited for that. I think the defense is still going to be solid. Now, while they don't have David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson on the line anymore, I still think they're going to have some success, actually a good bit of success in terms of the pass rush. This defense is still going to be solid. Brand new offensive coordinator, but with the same kind of ties that Mike McDonald and the Ravens uh, just out of Vanderbilt. So people are kind of hesitant, but I don't think he should be. And then Matt Weiss taking over the offense along with uh, Sharon Moore. This Michigan offense could be dangerous if used properly. At this point, I think J.J. McCarthy is going to be the guy. And I think that Michigan wins this game and, and, and puts emphasis on it just because it was the one that got away last year. Yeah, I think first off, uh, yeah, Michigan State's off a of bye. If you're factoring that in, so is Michigan. Michigan's mm-hmm. also off a of bye coming into this. They're both off a of bye. It's not an advantage one way or another. What is an advantage is home field advantage. And then also, I don't think Michigan's a better team this year, Tyler. I, I think you're about the same, if not slightly regressed, but you're way more built to beat Michigan State this year. And I don't think J.J. McCarthy is going to be the guy out the gate. But he's going to be the guy at some point this year. It could be after it was made clear the yesterday. Game. It was made so clear yesterday. Matt Weiss come out with this comment saying he's going to be the starter. It's not a case of if I didn't. I didn't hear that. I, I posted it in the chat yesterday. Um, Surely I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, he, he came out yesterday and said, Matt Weiss specifically said, JJ McCarthy. He's going to be really good at Michigan. Uh, basically, he's. It's not a question of. If he's going to be a starter, it's when. Uh, oh yeah, I did hear that the the when he's going to be a starter, not if. I did hear that. That kind of still sounds like it's just like JJ's still improving though. Like you could take him. But this is the ways. typical Jim Harbaugh deal though. They're going to wait until the last minute. Yeah. Before they put anything out, I'm sure the guys who are battling for position might know or might have an inkling by the time it comes. And that's not to say that Kate hasn't improved. I mean, maybe he has, and maybe he's even better than he was last year. But we don't know that. We can't yeah. can't bake on that until we see it. I'm just just going off what I see. I think it it sounds like it's still hot and heavy QB battle, and or Harbaugh's doing Harbaugh things, and just not saying anything until later. Yeah, but with with all that being said, I think that Michigan has the second best offense in the Big Ten, and. Um, Michigan State has like the fifth best offense, and I, like I, like I was saying, is I, I just feel like you guys are more equipped to beat Michigan State this year than you were last year. Uh, so with that being said, I got a loss here. I think Michigan goes ahead and pulls it off. This is the second loss for Michigan State, and likely the eliminator from the East. Yeah, I've got a Michigan win here as well. Uh, I think, as Tyler mentioned, and he would know better than anybody in this chat about how Michigan's mindset will be coming into this game. And Colin's right. This Michigan team is built, I think, to stop this Michigan State team, especially this year. And so if, if they're better than they were last year, even if they're not, I think they're better team-wise. And, you know, I, so I've, I've anyway, all that to say that I don't want to repeat what 
the what everybody else has said. I've just got Michigan winning this game. Harbaugh forgets nothing. Um, we've that didn't seen help that, him for seven years. We've seen that going back to Stanford. Like it's, yeah, he. It was six years. Well, five years. He, yeah. he got him in year six. Are you not going to count him in the forfeit? No. It wasn't yeah. a forfeit. Yeah, yeah, it was a COVID. I'm, Stop. It was the Rona. It was the Rona. Okay. Anyways. I'm, I'm, I'm trolling Tyler a little bit. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not getting into this right I'm now. Gonna put, I'm going to put my mask out. on. Hold on. Anyways. <laughs> should, I, should I have been wearing one the last two weeks while I had COVID? Yeah, on Zoom. Or You've been isolating. Nobody cares. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, Cam. Anyways, Cam, were you were you done with your? With yeah, your I, I'm okay. just done. Just done. I'm just, just done. done. Just done. done. Anyways, I'm out of here. They go on the road road to uh, Illinois. Uh, could be a tough game. Could be one where they're kind of trying to bounce back again, and potentially another. Another potential demoralizing loss. I mean, I'm not not saying that's what it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be terrible, but you know, then you have to go on the road to Champaign, and and it, it's proven to be a tough place to play over the years, especially in, in games like this. However, I do have Michigan State winning. I just think they're overall more talented. I mean, it's not hard to say. Brett's got something cooking over there, but it's it's not it's not coming for the next two years at least. Yeah, I, I I agree with you quite honestly, word for word. I'm excited to watch them, and I, I think that's week zero. They play Wyoming week zero, right? They do, yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to kind of see the progress that they had. I, I know Wyoming's not going to be really all that good this year, and they're kind of starting to decline a little bit more, and I'm not expecting much of them. And I don't think you guys are either. I didn't hear Wyoming yesterday yet in the podcast. Um Yesterday, but I think I was the highest on them at six. It was it was very sad, which is crazy because they're yeah. I I just I I don't think they're as good, but I'm still excited Mm -hmm. to see what this team has. Casey Washington taking a jump, uh, Isaiah Williams, Chase Brown running the ball, and that offensive line what they look like this year, and that defense too that look good at points. This is going to be my first prediction of an overtime game, specifically nine of them. But this time, Illinois loses them. <laughs> Illinois loses it. I don't know if it's going to actually go into overtime, but I do think it's going to be close. I think Michigan State pulls it out by the skin of their teeth. This is going to be one of those games where you're kind of just keeping an eye on the score. Maybe you're not watching the game because, I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be way better games on on November 5th than this. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Alabama LSU is also on. Probably yeah, yeah same, same, same day. Night. Uh, so, later in the day. I mean – yeah, so, I mean, you're probably not paying much attention to this game in terms of watching it. But you're going to see the score, and you're going to see, oh, Illinois leads 23-20? Interesting. Yeah. Michigan State now up 27-23, huh? Yeah. And then maybe, like, the three minutes ago, Illinois is down one, and you're kind of just waiting for it. So you just, so mm-hmm. you got nothing else to do, and you just click over for a couple minutes to catch the last yeah. two minutes of the game. Yeah. One of those kinds of games, it kind of like what we did with Penn State last year. I mean, in all honesty, we didn't watch that game up until yeah. it was going to overtime, and then we're like, yeah. "Oh shit!" I mean, I guess we might as well, right? Might as well, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I I think this is going to be a one of those games where you you, you kind of like you know you're you're peek, peeking at it, but you're not really you know watching until it gets down to the wire. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not predicting a win or loss. When Colin mentioned nine overtimes, I immediately thought of this um, tie. But no. <laughs> well, I've back got in ma- some people's days, maybe. <laughs> yeah, poppycock. They go to nine overtimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, man. And I don't college want to get football was so much right better now. when you could tie. College football was so much better when it was still the regular overtime rules. Bring well, back yeah, the Southwest no, Conference. Yeah. That, that's fine with kicks. me. I don't really These penalty kicks are stupid. Yeah. Okay, I'd they're not penalty kicks, goals. though. I'd rather okay. just kick field goals. We, I can we, agree the uh, – no. We, we, we're going to get this conversation again. Way. Uh, I can agree the other way with the old rules. I cannot agree that it's the equivalent of penalty kicks. I just don't. I Sorry, I'll make it a little bit harder. It kind of is. We'll, we'll make it penalty shots no. in, in hockey. No. It's a little tougher. No. No. On skates and grass. It's more than just shoot and beat the goalie. I mean, it's, it's a lot more than that. It's still 11 on 11 football. Do you know how many unsuccessful penalty shots there are in the NHL, like outside of shootouts? Yeah. I know because it's hard to score on a goalie in the NHL. It's, it's hard still to score a two point conversion. It's not as hard as scoring on an NHL goal. Oh, so exactly. So this is even easier. Yeah, it's it, it's anyway, just, anyway, it's just all that being, it's not the same thing. thing. Point being, field goals point are. are dumb. <laughs> yeah, they can use field goals and just move it back five yards. And then when they get to 50 yards, they just move it to the hashes. Just, just I think Jared has this take because he wants to blame Texas A&M for something else. Probably. Probably. <laughs> anyway, that being said, I think, as Tyler mentioned, this is going to be a game that everybody's keeping an eye on the score, not really watching. And I think Michigan State finds a way to eke it out. But I'm, I'm, this is going to be really you're close, just, especially you're coming just off that. Watching Michigan the ticker game. at the bottom, yeah. waiting for that game to come you're across. Like, you're like 27 26 you with two minutes to go. Because you don't have enough screens. To, I mean, I got, yeah. I got three over here, but I still can't. I still don't have you enough. You can't, still to, can't you know, watch them all. Not yeah. enough to make it worth watching this damn game until I get to the end. I'm like, oh, wow, it's still close. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, like, you, you, you check on Reddit, there's a person that always posts like the four games that they'll have on the screen for every mm-hmm. like window. And I guarantee you, even he won't have that game on one of his four screens. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, you're you're you guys are 100 percent right. This is going to be that game that you scoreboard watch the entire way. Um, it's going to be close, right down to a wire. Like you guys are saying, it's going to be an old school Big Ten type of a game. Um, I I mean, overtime would not surprise me in this one. Um, I do have Michigan State winning as well. I like what Burt's doing there in Champaign, um, but they're still they've still got a ways to go. Like that program was an absolute mess. It was bad, but people act like Lovey Smith didn't help. I mean, no. he did. Yeah, he did help. They did improve as yeah. a program under Lovey yeah. Smith. It just again pulled the so- plug a year too too early i think it's so hard to see illinois be good i mean really ron zook was the last coach that had them you know anywhere close to and they went to the rose bowl when they under ron zook yep and i don't even remember what happened i don't even remember what happened to him did he didn't he get fired i mean perhaps i mean i i I can't even remember i know that the coach after him got fired for beating the hell out of his players but well, I mean, I, I know another guy in Jacksonville who did that. But anyways. He's the best um, kicker of all time. You put some respect on his name. <laughs> they put Josh Lambert of shame. Anyways, uh, 
On, now, on the Rutgers, though, I mean, Illinois, again, a good team. I think they're a couple years away from being, like, actually competitive within the conference. I think they I think they will be competitive. Perhaps, you know, like we saw in Nebraska last year, maybe Illinois is one of those teams that loses a lot of games by one, by one score or, or less than 10 points. Yeah. Now, they're not going to lose every game by less than 10, but they are going to lose a few by that, and they're going to look good at times. I just don't think they're there yet. On the Rutgers, I think Rutgers is good. The problem is, and it's always going to be that problem for Rutgers, is they're buried underneath a the second toughest division in football. We say, we, we've we said it already in, in this show uh, a few days ago. The Big Ten East is the toughest division in football, and it's hard for Rutgers to be good within it because a their players are getting the recruits out of new jersey that are close to them are getting poached by michigan ohio state michigan state penn state but also they're they're just not although they were the first team you know in college football it's not as desirable of a location i think michigan state's going to be able to win this game ruggers a solid team they're going to keep it close but i think it's not going to be as close uh, the score may indicate it being a blowout after a while, and I think it probably could end up that way. You can mark me down for both of these being wins. In fact, I don't really think they're going to be that close of games. Uh, Indiana almost got them last year, so I think they're going to be awake for that game. And Rutgers will be a little bit closer than Indiana just because I think Rutgers and Indiana, they're interchangeable. But, I mean, Greg Schiano and his squad, they're going to throw in a little bit of wrinkles. It's just – I don't know. I just don't think that either one can really pull off an upset against one of the big dogs in the division. Maybe Maryland, but not one of the top four. So interesting about uh, Zook, I just found out. The 2011 season, Illinois started off 6-0 and for the first time since 1951, yep. and then they well, lost out and he got fired. Well, Ohio State beat him, and then they lost out. Yep. Uh, Nathan Shieldhouse at quarterback. Yeah, uh, I remember that. that that's that's that exactly a promise. That's the first guy that came to my, my mind was Nate Schuhaus. I thought he had a lot of promise and then never really panned out from there. But yeah. first six games of that season, he, he looked pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, that being said, I think Rutgers is, is going to be – I think they're going to – their record is not going to indicate how good they are. It's not going to be like Nebraska last year in terms of record and versus how they actually play on the field. But they're, they're going to have a lot of tough – games a lot against a lot of tough teams and mm-hmm. i think they'll be resilient but i don't think they'll win a whole lot of them and this is not one that i, I really think they're gonna be able to to win so i'm, I'm gonna take michigan state in this one yeah i i like you guys have michigan state i wouldn't be surprised like tyler was saying if this this is a game that's going to be closer than the score indicates <laughs> um just because i mean chiano's a hell of a coach and that that team is going to be well coached and a tough team to play against. But I don't know. I, I they're they're like Illinois where it's building. It they're not far as far as long as Illinois even. But this, this is going to be a, a, yeah. a cooler take. But Illinois is way easier of a program to build than Rutgers. Based on yes. the decision, a lot. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, it's so much easier to go perform well at Illinois than it is Rutgers. Yeah, because you get the, to go recruit Chicago. Well, but that's why 
Well, not, not only just that, the division is not as tough. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. there are good teams, but they're not. There, there's nobody who's, you know, dominant year in and year out like Ohio State or even, you know, even even though Programs Harbaugh's not been able to beat – Harbaugh hasn't been able to beat Michigan State or Ohio State consistently. However, he does beat the lower teams pretty consistently. Yeah. Uh, and he wins the games that they're supposed to win. So it's harder to go to go win in the Big Ten East than it is in the West, and that's why I say that. But anyways, yeah. on Indiana, I think – while I think Connor Bazelak is really good and I think he's going to have a really solid season, I do have Michigan State winning. I just I, – I think, again, in this game specifically, uh, the, the better team is going to prevail, and Michigan State will clearly be the better team when that's one said and done. Indiana is going to be better than they were last year, not quite 2020 level. But that being said, Michigan State is still the better team, and getting them at home will be the difference. I think I've got Michigan State win this one. Yeah, I too have this as a Michigan State win. Um, it's going to be a really close, really good game, but um, I, I just don't know what to expect out of Bazelak, Bazelak um, in that game and everything. Like it, it should be a close game, but. I, I have Michigan State winning. Yeah, I mean, if you've heard anything I said about Indiana so far this and throughout these previews, you know I'm high on Connor Bazelak, but I just I think they're still going to struggle against the teams that are that are better than them, and that's that's no fault of his. It's just just how it goes. Um, anyways, close out the season on the road, Beaver Stadium uh, at Penn State. This is their fourth loss of the season. I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Penn State's kind of. I want to say on a roll, but they're going to have hit their stride at this point in the season. I mean, they're going to be, uh, I think, the better team. I think they're going to be able to play better defense. I, I see this game right here, late November, another classic Big Ten matchup. I'm thinking 26-20, 26-23 type game. Uh, Penn State pulling it out. Maybe even, uh, lower, maybe even in the teens, truthfully. Have me go last here, please. Okay. I guess I'll go. Um, you know, this is this very similar to how I think this game was last year at Michigan State, where it's kind of going to be two teams fighting for third place, if you will. And even though they're on the road, I think if it's very similar conditions to how it was last year, something that tells me that Michigan State's going to be able to run the ball a little bit better than Penn State in this game. I'm not really confident in Penn State in terms of their ability to control the line of scrimmage and, and their and and I got Michigan State winning this game as a result. This was I'm gonna be honest here, this was the toughest game to pick for me for this team. Yeah. Um, even even as we've been going through this broadcast, like I've been back and forth. But like BJ, I trust the Michigan State offense a little bit more. I trust Peyton Thorne a little bit more at quarterback. I said a little bit, not much. Quarterback should not be your question when you talk about no. Penn State, though. No. It should 100 and it shouldn't even be the offensive line. It should be running backs. They just have not yeah. had a good running back. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since Saquon. I think but- – yeah, Miles Sanders. Was, uh, Miles Sanders was okay. Overrated. He was. I think he was. I think he was. I think was was a little overrated. But I'm not. I, I didn't say that. 
Uh, but since then, I mean, Noah Kane was expected to be great. What did he yeah. become? Nothing. No, yeah. But I, I think I think this year might be the year that they do figure it out. I think they have but, a couple yeah, I don't, guys with a lot of potential to do it. Yeah. It's it, just a matter of somebody breaking out, and like, uh, well, I think they'll have that. Yeah, I might feel like, differently in November, but we'll yeah. we'll just we'll we'll this see, is need to game, see it to believe it. Yeah, this is a game where I might pick differently when we're doing the picks um, by November, but it's it's going to be a very close game. Can't watch. We're going to split. Kevon Lee was down last year. I think he's going to be better. But I think part of him being better is also because of that kid, Nick Singleton, who by the last game of the season, he's going to be rushing for 1,000 yards. True freshman, Nick Singleton for Penn State. So this is an L for me. And, in fact, I think I need to change my predictions a little bit. The Penn State offensive line is pretty solid. They're going to be able to throw the ball around a little bit as well. Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith are both back. Plus, they bring in Mitchell Tinsley from Western Kentucky, who was pretty good last year. Brenton Strange at tight end, also with Theo Johnson, two pretty solid recruits as tight ends. And I, I trust Sean Clifford and his experience. I think when he's healthy, he plays well. And I also think they have a capable backup, Drew Aller. Uh, midway through the season will be the backup, in my opinion. I think he will be a little bit more ready to go than Taquan Roberson was last year in when when needed. You guys think about it. Cam, BJ, Tyler, if they could run the ball better and Sean Clifford stays healthy, do you think that this they could win the Big Ten? Yes. I think they won the Big Ten. They should have beat Ohio State. No. They just couldn't. It's not. It's ball. not even. It's not even could. They very. They. They would. They very well should. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. actually had a run game with Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford is on the exact same path as Trace McSorley, except he doesn't have a running back, and he hasn't had one his entire career. Yeah. Not being able to run the ball is what killed them against Michigan, what killed Mm -hmm. them against Illinois, what killed them Mm -hmm. against Ohio State. Sean Clifford being injured is what killed them against uh, against, uh, Iowa. Iowa. Mm -hmm. And then I can't remember exactly what happened in that Michigan State game at the end of the season. That was a snowy game. I think it was just Michigan State football better because it was snowy. And they out too. Like it was was a close game. All of these games that they lost – were close. The The largest margin was Ohio State by nine points. And again, they seemed like a better team in a lot of facets. It was a yeah. drunk age scooping score away from being a one score game late. So um, with all of that being said, I am really high on Penn State and I don't assume injury. If Penn State can stay healthy and Nick Singleton is all that I'm cracking him up to be, Penn State's going to be in playoff contention with or without Ohio State. And you got to think that Penn State, not only that, their toughest game this season has to be going on the road to the big house. Yeah. Simply because they get Ohio State at home. Now they are trying something new. I still think Ohio State is tougher. I think so. so, Perhaps. I'm giving – I think it's very close. But then again, with the the game being on the road against Michigan rather than being Mm -hmm. at home against – Ohio State kind of gives it the edge to Michigan. Now, not by much. I'm not. I'm, I think it's like that in terms of the the difference. The thing is, Penn State gets their toughest opponents at home, other than Michigan. They play Minnesota at home. They play mm-hmm. Ohio State at home. Back to back weeks, whiteout and then stripeout, which they're bringing back for the first time in I think ten plus years. Something like that. Yeah. Back. That'll be cool. Um, and yeah, then 
And then they if get they, Michigan State at home. I mean, they play such an easy – in terms of, like, the games they have at home versus on the road, they, this is an easier schedule for them. They could easily find themselves in contention for the Big Ten. Yeah. Not even but, the Big Ten. I don't even think they need to win the Big Ten to make the playoff. If they beat everybody else on their schedule to get that road win against Michigan – and they just lose to Ohio State, who either goes undefeated or has another loss somewhere, and they win the Big Ten. Ohio State and Penn State can coincide in the playoff, especially with how I think that there will be a lack of a, a, a ACC champ with one or zero losses and a lack of a Pac-12 champ. Well, I can agree with the Pac-12. I, the ACC is kind of up in the air for me, obviously. I mean, we talked about NC State. I got them at 11-1. But what about the Big 12, though? I know you have Absolutely multiple losses not. for the Big 12. Absolutely and not. I actually am high on Oklahoma, so it's just kind of like. Right. And then my other thing is I don't see two teams from the SEC getting in. I don't either. Just because, because I can see. Well, no. Are you not the one that posted on Facebook that had I'm, I'm deleting. I'm deleting my post right <laughs> oh, now okay. because Anyways. I have a, I have a change. I'll I tell think, you my change. In I think the second place in the Big Ten East, whether it be Michigan or Penn State, are legit contenders. They will be either the five spot or they will find the four. There will be two Big Ten teams in the playoff, in my opinion. Come this no, come this December. I don't know who it's going to be, and we're going to have to wait and, and find out. But they're hmm. easily. I don't care who wins, who gets out of the East and wins the Big Ten. There will be another team in there. We'll, we'll talk more about Penn State next Wednesday because they're not in our top twenty-five. I need to believe it to before. Or I need to see it before yeah. I believe it. Basically, is is what you I'm saying. What I'm, you know, my what I problem is like, whoever imagined this. Who imagined those two <laughs> being being a, in agreement on something? Right? Then, huh? Yeah. Well, that's well, insane. I mean, my big thing about it, though, is BJ, they've done it before. It's not like yeah. James Franklin hasn't done it. No, it's I'm not saying he hasn't done it before. I'm saying I need to see it this year. I, I know what he's done in the past. Let me now, see I this will say, year. I will say, Colin, I agree with you up to an extent, because, and BJ specifically up to an extent as well, because we haven't seen that run game be prolific in five years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's been, been what, what, 2017 yeah, it was, was the last yeah, year was, of Saquon? Yeah, that or was, was Saquon's last. So, yeah, yeah this is this is the fifth season. They will play without Saquon Barkley. What do they bring to the table? And that is the question. What kind of run game do they have? And that yeah. is the whole thing that decides their season, is whether they can run the ball or not this year yeah. and whether somebody breaks out. Now, like you, Colin, I bank on somebody breaking out. Now, I, I, of course, you've seen my predictions on, on TikTok. I have them around eight and four because I'm, I'm not thinking that run game is going to be fully consistent. However, I do think they have enough to win this game, and I think that it, it does have the potential to break out and become something fantastic and make this Penn State team take that next step and get themselves back in the playoff contention. Yeah. It's, Again, just, it's just will we see it, and I, I'm – not banking on yes, and I'm not banking on no. I'm just kind of right in the middle right now. Yeah, this is preseason expectations for a reason, mm -hmm. and and we'll we can absolutely change our minds once we've seen it on the field. Yeah, I will say I'm wondering if we'd be having this discussion if Journey Brown didn't medically retire, and I think a lot of people forget about that because uh, yeah, he was I, I wonder. with Noah Kane. Yeah. And he was clearly the better back between the yeah. two of them. He had 12 touchdowns. He was starting to break out, and then yeah. he, he yeah. just kept on getting hurt. Damn so, shame. Good, good call on his part. 
I, yeah. as much as I love the game, I'd rather see you be healthy than. Yeah, you always gotta look out for yourself first, but yes. Either way, like like I said, I think I think we can all agree and and, and maybe even get more into this come next Wednesday because I mean, like you yeah. said, this is next Wednesday. That is our our Big Ten preview show. That's where we go in depth on everybody who's not mentioned in this top twenty five. We're not going to go very hard on Wisconsin or Michigan State or or Michigan or Ohio State, but yeah. we are going to be talking about oh, Iowa. We're going to go deeper into Penn State, <laughs> but yeah. apparently we might not have to at this point. I mean, yeah. we are. We're going to talk about Penn State. We're going to talk about Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana. We're going to talk about all those teams because I Minnesota, mean, Minnesota team, Nebraska. Day. Yeah. So, oh, I can't wait for that conversation. Nebraska but anyways, yeah, Nebraska is going to either yeah. piss people off or you guys are going to agree with me. I don't know which side it's going to be on yet. So, yeah, probably Play out the week. Yeah, we'll have to wait a week. So. With that, though, uh, that wraps it up for today. Now, we do have uh, the rest of the week to lay out. I'm trying to yep. get that pulled up here. I, I can help with that if you need it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, because I uh, don't have it up right now. Yeah, I'm deleting so, posts right now. So, tomorrow on Loudmouth Sports CFB, no, we'll be talking Collins about the – Cam on Chick-fil-A except on college football. <laughs> We'll Dude. be talking about the Pitt Panthers from the ACC. Wednesday is our ACC preview. So we'll be doing ACC back-to-back days, followed on Thursday by Baylor, Friday with Oregon, Wake Forest on Saturday, yet another ACC team, before we head to the Sun Belt on Sunday. And let me just say, this is a fun week, man. Yeah. I'm, will be a very I'm looking fun forward week. to this one. I mean, this is going to be a uh, – just a good time altogether. I, I mean, obviously, again, Pitt tomorrow is going to be fun to talk about because yeah. Pitt's going to be – I mean, there's going to be a lot of, I think, uh, difference there. Baylor's yeah. another one that I think there's going to be a lot of differences. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Oregon uh, could have some differences and Wake Forest Actually, on Saturday. I feel mm-hmm. like we're going to agree on Oregon quite a bit. I think so, too, actually. We'll Wake Forest, we'll maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I'm um, interested. This is going to be fun. I mean, the the higher up we go, up until we hit three, it's really intriguing. But then three, two, one, it's like, are we going to predict any of those three teams to lose in the regular season? And if so, who are they going to lose to? So it's all going to be great, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. But with that, that wraps up for today. Check us out on TikTok. Follow us on YouTube if you're listening on Spotify or if you're listening and watching on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify. Uh, you take us on the road when you take your long road trips like I do with my mm-hmm. favorite podcast. Uh, we also have an NFL show, show going right now. Okay. Uh, we, the NFC previews <laughs> yeah. are out. Sorry, yeah. sorry, my voice is a little hoarse right now. Um, he did three I, podcasts I, today. I, I just did three podcasts. One He's a trooper. The AFC preview for yeah. the NFL. Um, so make sure to check that out. We've Take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got this some we got some, we got we'll some, some really, really cool stuff coming up though. So I'm I'm oh, looking absolutely. forward to it. I'm excited to work with you guys again. We've continued, we've been going strong for now what Over feels a year. Like, well, not only just that, but I'm talking like when it comes to these previews and predictions. Oh, yeah. We're going oh, for yeah. what, over two and a half now? weeks almost. I mean fun stuff. Fun stuff on yes. the horizon. So with that being said, we'll see you tomorrow. Pit Panthers on the board next. Woo!